We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make this show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to ListenerQ, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash pull up and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered in a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash pull up. That's ListenerQ.com slash pull up. It's time to welcome our special guest, Michael Rappaport. How you doing, CJ? When you're watching basketball, since you know all these dudes and all that, and you know all the beefs, you know who gets along, you know who doesn't get along... Like, is it like like almost like watching a reality show? <laughs> what do you think about the team right now? You know, we got a lot of young dudes. Porzingis, our, our vet, you know, 23 or something crazy like that. So a lot of these dudes, uh, you know, aside from pieces that we need, we need them to finish puberty. <laughs> I'm a fan of yours, man. Looking at your history of some of the people you, you've been around in the hip-hop game, understanding that your love for hip-hop and rap in general. How well did you know Tupac? You know, he had a light on him. You know, it sounds cliche when someone passed, but you just knew he was special. Welcome to the Orlando Shack episode of Pull Up. That's right, episode number 32. I'm currently in Oregon, relaxing at my desk. Just watched the uh, the ending of the Indiana Pacers-Rockets game. It's Monday night. Great finish. Oladipo hit some big shots once again, but uh, preparing to play the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow. We got a long stretch of games here where we play four and six nights for the second consecutive week. Uh, a lot of great teams we're facing this week. Bucks, Clippers. Bucks, Clippers, Celtics. Celtics, yeah. So we got a nice string of games here. A nice string of games here. I'm really looking forward to playing. Um, without further ado, obviously Jordan is on. As always, we got a special guest who will be calling in a little bit later. Big Knicks fan, as a spoiler alert. There's some movement around the NBA. Tyson Chandler signing with the Lakers. Um, Le'Veon Bell is tweeting he's leaving Miami in hopes of potentially returning to the Steelers at some point. Omri um, Caspi, sham god of the week, one of the nastiest sham gods I've seen uh, up to this point. And my Browns lose again. <laughs> Great week. Great week, honestly. I like how you just kind of subtly got that in there. Browns lose again, but don't worry. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything is fine. We, we don't have the worst record in the NFL. We've already... Uh, outlasted our win total from last season, and we're competing, and we lost to the Chiefs, so it's almost like it doesn't even count. I mean, it doesn't count. But you know what does count? That sham god from Mr. Caspi. That was was disgusting. Completely unexpected. I did not know that he he had that at all. I mean, mostly this guy is, you know, a a reserve scorer, makes some threes, maybe dribble pull-up, but that sham god was legit and he finished what were your thoughts i was surprised when i seen it on twitter honestly i didn't know who it was i was thinking like who is this sham godding and noticed noticing that it was Amri caspi and then the finish as well just made it so much better and the thought process behind this is has he been practicing the sham god and did he let his teammates know that i'm going to be breaking the sham god out at some point or was it just totally unexpected and just a natural reaction to a counter to the defense huh yeah, well, how hard is a sham god to execute? Because personally, I've never even tried it because, out of fear of embarrassment. What's the C.J. McCollum sham god, and have you ever executed in a game? I do have a sham god, but I haven't done it um, in recent memory, maybe a couple of years ago on accident, you know, kind of coming up the court. But right. 
if you're able to change direction fast or you have your defender leaning or committing to one way, you can pull it off. You know, a la Russell Westbrook, he did a, a nasty sham guide on Zeller um, last week uh, to, to finish the week off for the game, too. Yep. He sham got him to put, to put them up four or five, which was impressive that he had the guts. Obviously, he's a, a fearless player who doesn't fear anything in general. But to see him sham got at the end of a game and finish the layup just kind of shows you how poised he is under under pressure. Well, I mean, the, Mr. Shamgod himself was legitimately one of the best ball handlers ever. Providence uh, obviously was somebody that worked with Kobe Bryant on his handle. He, he's just an incredible ball handler. It's a beautiful move, and there are different uh, iterations of it. My biggest thing for you, CJ, is if you can find a way to incorporate the sham got into your arsenal one time this year, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you. All right. I will <laughs> think about adding a sham got in if it's necessary, if I can pull it off in a timely manner and not turn the ball over and make a play out of it. I will consciously think about it. It's such a dope move, though. Like, it's, it really it just looks awesome. It is, but you have to execute it properly. I think that's the biggest thing. Forcing it, it, forcing it, it doesn't turn out as well. You have to make sure you execute it timely. It needs to be a necessary counter move based on the defense's reaction. Right. And if it's authentic and you pull it off well, then chances are you're breaking your, your defender's ankles. Well, you said last week uh, with Kemba that when you get a big switch on you, sometimes you get kind of excited or too excited and you have to slow down and 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 then just make one move i mean just like russell did against zeller just get a big get capella or get one of these bigs up you know 25 feet away from the basket take your time and make it happen <laughs> say no more man i got you speaking of making it happen <laughs> Le- Le'Veon bell is leaving miami according to his tweets yes is he making this happen? Is he coming back to dethrone James Conner? Well, first of all, how good has James Conner been? I mean, he's he's done things that not even Le'Veon Bell has done, setting records in just his second year and uh, goes over 100 yards again. I don't know, even if Le'Veon Bell came back, if he would dethrone him. I do believe uh, he would get the lion's share of the carries, but the biggest thing with Conner and the I think why he's made Le'Veon at least somewhat replaceable is because he's catching the ball. Uh, continually finding ways to get in the end zone, especially off of screens, as you saw against Baltimore in the first quarter last week. So I, I've been very impressed with him. I, I don't think that that Le'Veon is coming back, uh, if I had to guess right now. He has till Tuesday next week, 4 o'clock Eastern. But to me, given the reports that he has not had contact with the Steelers, uh, I find that to be mystifying, to say the least. So you think that he's leaving Miami to come back to Pittsburgh to not report to camp to sit out the rest of the season? Well, think think about what he turned. So his salary this year was, I think it was $14.5 million. Um, if he comes back now, he would get some, somewhere around five, I think, prorated. So, so what's the benefit of playing now? Is it just less carry? So... And less potential to get injured, so he's when he's a free agent, he can maximize dollars. Because, because I don't really, I don't know if that makes sense. Because he, he, he would have made almost you know nine and a half million dollars more had he played since week one. That's true, but I think it's more. You hit it on the head. Reserving his body for next season, and if he makes a statement, how big of a statement would that be if he comes back 
He's in midseason form. He's dominating. James Conner's dominating. They're two-headed monsters. And they make a run in the postseason. And that just kind of opens things up even more for his free agency. Would that be a perfect fairytale ending? That would be huge. And, yeah, I think that would help him a lot. But it's it's not like, you know, I think Le'Veon is kind of universally accepted as the best all-around back in football, um, three-down back. He, he's a fantastic player. I mean, there really is no questioning that. But – because of how well Connor's played, he's like I said, maybe he's a little bit replaceable. If if Le'Veon comes back, see, and they make a run at the Super Bowl, maybe they win a playoff game or two, and Le'Veon's a big part of it. That definitely helps his free agency, but I don't know how much more it helps it because he's already gonna. It's, he, he'll get paid by somebody, um, and the fact that Connor has has ingratiated himself so well into this offense um, says a lot. You know, the guys really like him. Obviously, younger legs and much cheaper legs, and and so it's fascinating to see Bell's you know decision. But but don't you think that he's kind of boxed himself in, given the fact that that they played so well without him, especially offensively? I think the fact that James Conner played so well showed his versatility, kind of backfired a little bit because then they weren't as pressed to sign him or to change his deal or to even have him come back. Obviously, they need him. They could utilize him. He makes them a better team. But the better James Conner performs, the more it looks like, eh, maybe for this price, maybe we can keep him. Maybe we can you know, figure out a way to, to keep James Conner. And if Le'Veon decides to come back, great. And if he doesn't, they'll ride the wave because it's obvious he's having a Pro Bowl season. He's catching a ball out the backfield, multiple 100-yard games. He's getting touchdowns. He's a fantasy dream because he's a cheap buy-in. And the Pittsburgh Steelers know that Le'Veon Bell is – essentially very similar to Todd Gurley from the Rams. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run three downs. He can block. Yeah. So it's risk versus reward. But at this point, if you do want to make a run at the Super Bowl, you welcome him back with open arms because he does make your team better. Not sure how much better, but he makes a lot of teams in the NFL better. Yeah, he makes it better. I mean, like you said, maybe Gurley, people think now he's he's the premier back, I mean, you know, given the year he's had. But, but Bell, Bell is... I mean, he's a great player. Is there's no question he'd help him? Uh, but as you said, Connor's been great. He is. Um, he he became the first player in NFL history to rush for at least 100 yards, have at least 50 receiving, and at least one touchdown in four consecutive games. Um, just kind of you know going to your Browns here. Just a little comparison. I wonder <laughs> is it is it safe to say that you'd officially take. James Conner over Nick Chubb, or are you still Nick Chubb? Wait, 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 wait for the remainder. Relax, 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 relax. All right, I, I think that <laughs> I think that James Conner is a great player. His story is unbelievable. Coming out of Pittsburgh, battling cancer, all the things that he's been through. But you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. As a avid Browns fan, I understand that you are a lot of times a product of your environment. Think about the type of success Nick Chubb would have if he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Antonio Brown as a receiver, with Juju as a, as a receiver, with Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. You're talking about screen passes for days, a running game with a great offensive line. You think that he would have a successful season? Oh, I think he'd be great. I love Nick Chubb. I, I, I think he's I think he's as good a young back as, as you're going to find. I just, given Connor's numbers, uh, Chubb, though, to your point, uh, now that he's had this opportunity with with Hyde being gone, he looks terrific. So, so just to be clear, right, right. if you had one choice, you're taking you're taking your your favorite young Brown. I mean, I'm a Browns fan through and through. I think that you know having experience, not playing early on, and having to battle through adversity, 
I think that Connor is a very good player, but I also think that his circumstances have been better. He's he's been given the bulk load of the carries. You know, you're talking about a guy who's gotten 25, 30 carries in a game and been targeted eight to 12 times out the backfield in the same game. Yes. <clears throat> like, for one, you have to be a very skilled player to be trusted that much. But for two, that's a lot of opportunity. It's kind of like my draft class. You look at my draft class and, and how we kind of started off. Some players got more opportunities than others early on, but the cream of the crop always rises. You know, Giannis wasn't Giannis his rookie year. You know, he transformed into that as the season progressed. Same thing goes for for Tim Hardaway Jr., for Steven Adams, for myself, for Catavius Caldwell-Pope. You know, we weren't finished products right away, but as we continue to get better, as we continue to put time in and gain more uh, trust from the staff and the organization, we continue to get better. And I think that you'll see the same thing from Nick Chubb. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why they let Carlos Hyde go. Yeah, that's a good point. And by the way, he's not a finished product either, but Denzel Ward, number four pick, he's he's as good as a young quarter as, as, as you'll see. So... I mean, that the young talent on the Browns team, you know, Garrett, Mayfield, obviously, Juice, you know, they, they, they have a lot of young talent. It's just a matter of finding the right coach and harnessing that. So, like you said, they lost this week, but they have looked better, and Kansas City is a juggernaut. Yeah, they have. They have. I, I would agree that we're continuing to improve, obviously, with the changes in the coaching staff. Uh, we will see some differences uh, going forward, and obviously how Baker's utilized, how Chubb is utilized, and how our other running back who who finally found the end zone now that we have a new offensive coordinator seems to be back. Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke looks like Duke again, as opposed to you know a third fiddle or a second fiddle. But yeah, looking at the NBA, who's who's impressed you the most two weeks into the season? Obviously, it's it's super early, seventy plus games left, but. Uh, some teams have gone through injuries. Some teams have gone through losing streaks. Some teams have gone through winning streaks. Uh, who, who surprised you most in the East and the Western Conference? Well, well, I, I must say Toronto, I know they won a franchise record 59 last year, but what they've done this year at 9-1, and one, um, the way they, they handled L.A. last night, the Lakers, without Kawhi, Ibaka going for more points in the first than the Lakers had in the first uh, I give them a lot of credit. You know, a, a young head coach in Nick Nurse who was not experienced, a team that is playing on the half court very well, uh, that is, top, I believe, six in points scored, top five in field goal percentage, defending at a pretty good level. I've been very impressed with them. Um, and, and and to the same, you know, tune, I, I've been disappointed with, with Philadelphia. I mean, it's it's very early, but they, they, they're still trying to figure out that Brett Brown is how to – incorporate Markel Fultz into this lineup. And I don't know if, if it's going to happen in the next few weeks, maybe a couple of months, but but Philadelphia to me has not looked like the same team, especially offensively. And obviously no Ilyasova, no Saric, no Saric, but they're not the same offensive team as they were last year. So what you're saying is that they miss Marco Bellinelli and some of those shooters uh, out there on the floor at once. Yes. I mean, the Bellinelli was, yeah, that was another one. I mean, the, but, but, have you have you seen a team that surprised you one way or the other? I think the Sacramento Kings. Um, the Raptors are good. They're usually historically good in the regular season. They add a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you add Danny Green, two starters uh, who are able to shoot and defend. Uh, you put them in the Eastern Conference. You put them around guys like Kyle Lowry. You got Ibaka playing extremely well and efficient, knocking down shots. I'm not surprised at the success they're having. Obviously, being able to win without Kawhi shows their depth. And they had one of the best benches in the NBA last year. So 
um, that's this hats off to them and how they play. But looking at the Kings and how they've been able to win games at home, uh, De'Aaron Fox, he looks really good. He looks explosive. His decision-making has improved. Buddy Hill looks very comfortable out there. Uh, I think that's been one of the, the more surprising things that I've seen just based on league pass and being able to check them out. Well, the Kings, you know, I mean, everybody expected them to be to be horrible this year. I mean, that was really the look at their their projected win totals. They They, for what it's worth, they have more wins – then the Lakers, Jazz, Thunder, Wolves, Pelicans, and Rockets. It's very early again, but but they've been impressive. And then another team that has, I, I don't know if it surprised a lot of people. I'm surprised, and perhaps that was uh, just naivete from me, but but Denver at 8-1, and one, um, we knew they'd be um, a terrific offensive team, but how they've now improved defensively, albeit early returns, they're guarding the three better, and, and then you know the progression of Nikola Jokic, as not only, well, maybe the best passing big man in the league, but also somebody you can legitimately run your offense through. Yeah, I'm, uh, Denver is good. They're a good team. I'm surprised they're winning at this rate without Will Barton. Uh, shout out to Thrill, my guy who, who went down with injury early on in the season. But being able to see the success they're having without Will, they're defending a little bit better, talking to Mason uh, randomly throughout the year, just checking in with him and seeing how he's doing. He seems happy. It seems like... Uh, they're all in a position to where they're defending, they're getting out and running. Jokic is obviously able to to make passes off the elbow and kind of empower his teammates. Um, the West is going to be extremely competitive. I think that it, it showed that, you know, being able to stay healthy, being able to defend, win at home and steal games on the road will be crucial to playoff success or potentially a playoff spot because as we've seen before, one, one, one and a half, two games separates the difference between five and ten. Have you seen enough from from Murray and Gary Harris to think that they can have can can have some of the same success that you and Dame have had in terms of being an elite young backcourt? Uh, I don't like to compare myself to other people, but I think that on, in their own right, I think they're they're very good guards. I think that they offer a lot of different yeah. uh, positives to their team: Dis- distribution, pick and roll play, de- defense, length. Uh, they're not afraid. But in terms of comparing them to us, I think that we're all different. We're, the way we play is completely different than how they play. But I think they can be successful, and they've shown that they can have success. Okay, we have more pull-up in a second. But first, I want to discuss LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. For instance, I've got Ashley on my team, who has been an incredibly important person within my day-to-day life. Or on an NBA team level, the Blazers make hires every year to make us better via the draft, trades, and free agency. It's so important to find the right person, but where do you find that individual? You can post a job on a job board and hope the right person will find your job. But think about it. How often do you hang out on job boards? Don't leave finding someone great to chance when you can post your job to a place where people go every day to make connections, grow in their career, and discover job opportunities. LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members haven't recently visited the job boards, but nine out of 10 members are open to new opportunities. And with 70% of the U.S. workforce on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people. People who are qualified for your role and ready for something new. It's the best way to find the person who will help you grow your business. And why a new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. Hurry to LinkedIn.com slash pull up and get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash pull up to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash pull up. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, 
Back to the show. It's time to welcome our special guest, one of my favorite parts to the show. Without further ado, New York's finest, big time Knicks fan. Uh, he's appeared in many, 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 many films. He's a an avid Instagram and social media user. Very funny. One of my favorite shows ever is Prison Break. So <laughs> it's only right that we have the man of the hour, Michael Rappaport, on right now. Appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing, CJ? I can't complain, man. Just finished getting a massage a little bit ago, watching some uh, Monday night basketball. Russell Westbrook just went down. I hope he's not hurt. Wait, Westbrook went down? Yeah, he's limping off the court right now. Uh-oh. Not good. Not good. Yes, I am watching. I just watched Oladipo almost close out the game against the Rockets. Nope, this is this is not good. Yeah, he's heading to the locker room. Well, so when you when you're watching when you're watching basketball, since you 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 know all these dudes and all that, and you know all the beefs, you know who gets along, you know who doesn't get along. Like, is it like sort of for you, like almost like watching a reality show? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Honestly, it is like watching a reality show. I didn't realize until my fiance's uh, dental school friends started watching uh, NBA, they started following it once they met me. And they were just so curious to, you know, the drama, the headlines, how there's alerts on social media about our tweets, about who's beefing with who, who's going to go to what team. It's just like, it's like the NBA bachelor. Like when there's a free agent, it's where shall he go? Or if he's at a baseball game or a football game or whatever, a big deal is made about it. So it is like a reality show because I understand the game a little bit different than the fan's perspective because... I have personal relationships where I know a lot of these guys. So it's just kind of funny to see the the world's perception of them based on how they truly are. Now, now I know you guys are interviewing me. I, I, I'm the special guest. But, fire, but Fire away. Fire away, Mike. How many years have you been in the league now? Ask as many questions as you want, Mike. But this is my sixth season. I've can, ooh, I've completed five years. He's twisted the mess out of his ankle. All right. So but my, my, my final question for you is, and then you could, you could, you could, uh, uh, you guys could ask me questions, uh, you know, you know, because I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big get, I'm a big fucking guest to be on the show, <laughs> and it's been a long time coming. But with without without you know, go go deep because I know you, I don't want to you know je, you know jeopardize you or putting you in anything. But what headline, like let's say in your you know your first or second year that already played out, or even third year, because again I, I understand the politics of it all. What headline where they were like, oh, this coach is going to be fired or KD's going to the Knicks or KD's going to Boston and then, you know, he wound up going to Warriors. Was there one headline like throughout your career that like the media had totally wrong because you knew firsthand that it was going to be totally opposite on what every fucking so-called expert was saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think there's been so many things. Fuck yeah, it's a great question. You think I play games here, man? <laughs> I pulled up to the pull-up. I'm not playing fucking games here with you guys. You pulled up, you pulled up to the pull-up. I appreciate you, man. Uh, there's just so many things that have happened. You know, I've been in the league five, five years going on my sixth season. So Katie's gone to the Warriors. Um, what else has happened? Bron has gone back to the Cavs since I've been in the league. There's just been a lot of, a lot of movement, a lot of different things happening. Um, to obviously Tony Parker leaving and going to to Charlotte, but I think the biggest the biggest free agency domino um, to date is probably Katie going to the Warriors. And I heard I got wind of it while I was in New York randomly, but I didn't believe it. 
I was like, nah, he's not going to do that. Like, I don't think that's going to happen because there was no rumors about him potentially signing with the Warriors. It was either Boston or he's going back to OKC. So when I first heard about it, I was like, no way. But the sources were really good. So I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. And sure enough, uh, he released his player shipping article. All right. All right. Fair. So, But you didn't know for sure, for sure. You you heard something. And and then obviously it doesn't get confirmed until right. it's confirmed. I don't correct? I don't believe a lot unless I unless he told me personally I wasn't going to believe it. I got until you. I seen it come out. You. Yeah, because you, you never know when when stuff is scrolling. It was good sort like people that you could trust, but I never believe anything in this business unless I speak to someone. So if there's a rumor about me or I hear something, I'm going directly to who started it to ask them like, "Yo, what's up?" Because I think that's the best way to handle a lot of stuff nowadays because. Stuff just gets misconstrued, but I got you. All right, your Knicks, your Knicks have a lot of my teammates. Uh, Noah Vonley, he's playing well for you guys right now. Yep, I like his fit there. What do you think about the team right now, and what do you guys need? What piece are you missing to to kind of get over the hump and be a playoff contender? Well, what piece besides Porzingis? You know, pieces. besides Porzingis, we need a bunch of pieces. Um, I, you know, I'm watching uh, them play now. Listen, you know, we got a lot of young dudes, as, as you know. I don't. I think like. Ennis Cantor is like the oldest dude, and he's like 27. You know, uh, Porzingis, our, our vet, is, you know, 23 or something crazy like that. So a lot of these dudes, uh, you know, aside from pieces that we need, we need them to finish puberty um, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, learn about the game, learn the league, you know, learn the system and, and improve. You know, we, you know there's, there's some games that I, I, I see as the Knicks, you know, we're just not going to win just talent-wise. But, you know, we've been through so much as a franchise that I feel like if we just, you know, keep the integrity and the guys play hard and they are playing hard and they're running, I truly believe that Fizdale is going to be the guy to, to, to right the ship. I know we've heard that shit for so many years, um, but I, I, I really trust Fizdale. Um, you know, I, I, I like him a lot, and I think his enthusiasm, his energy, and his passion, and, and most importantly, his understanding uh, of the game and, and what it takes to win – is, is is uh you know the the final the 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 the, the clear the clearing house that we've needed for a long long time, and I think that you know when you get these young guys they're not tainted and all that stuff. So I think you know he really sort of did clear clean house. Mike, as good of a young player as Porzingis is, granted he's injured, but do you believe he's a legitimate number one no. for the Knicks to build around? No, I don't believe he's a number one. I'm gonna, I, you know, I, I I don't want any players to, to to have injury problems, but you know, historically, guys that size have never had long careers, so that's priority number one. I think he's he has a high ceiling that he hasn't touched yet, but I just don't think he's a number one. I think he's shit. I think he's you know really good number two, but you know the way the league is now, um, you know as you know you, you guys know, it's it's you know. Damon CJ, you need two, at least two bangers, you know, and Golden State's got five, you know, and, you know, Bradley Beal and John Wall, you know, and Boston's got like, you know, three or four and Kawhi and, you know, and, and those guys, every team, uh, uh, you know, it, it has stars, you know, has multiple really good players. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the Knicks. We don't have right now this season, we're playing without our best player. Um <laughs> So, so who's to say? But I don't believe that Porzingis is is. I think he's a, a a high end, you know, other guy, a high end two guy. No disrespect, but also it's it's hard to say because he's been when he's been rocking and rolling, um, and he was rocking and rolling last year. 
you know, the, the periods have been, the periods gets are so short that he gets gotten injured, which sucks. So yeah, maybe he is that guy. I'll ask you, CJ. You're the expert. What do you think? I think Porzingis is extremely talented, but like you said before, in this league, you need help, and you don't just need one banger. You need a lot of help. You need an interior presence, and you need wings. Whether that's a point guard and a shooting guard, or a shooting guard and a small forward, you need multiple wings that can uh, defend, shoot, score. They need to be able to do, I say, three out of four things really well whether that's finishing, finishing the paint, have a mid-range game, be able to shoot threes, be able to pass really well or defend. You need to have three out of four or four out of five to really contend with some of these big teams because of the depth, like you said before, the depth with the Raptors, the depth with the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, you got Giannis, but then you got Chris Middleton, you got Eric Bledsoe. You have key pieces bringing in Lopez who can contribute on any given night. So I think that's the difference in, you know, the difference between the high tier level level teams and the middle of the road versus non-playoff teams. And I think Porzingis is a extremely talented player, all-star caliber player, but he's going to need another player to run beside him or two more that are extremely talented. Obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. is showing signs of of uh, greatness at times, hitting shots, being aggressive, making threes. But in order to be a contender, you need you need a lot of alphas. You need a lot of alphas at, at, at this day and age. Uh, I agree. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I like these young guys, and I like the way they're playing. You know, I don't feel like we have any dummies. And, and, and we, you know, like, and I know that sounds sort of like, you know, like, you know, uh, wanting, you know, just the bare minimum. But as a Knicks fan, we've been so, we've had it so rough for so long that, you know, I just like the way they're playing. I like their, their tenacity. I like their hustle. And I like, you know, their fearlessness. And, and you know, they'll learn how to win and, and, and become a team. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we'll get some pieces next, next uh, summer. But now I'm taking. A, I'm, I'm back to the question, CJ, because you got you were talking a lot of shit. Both of you guys were talking a lot of fantasy football shit, uh, but preseason, and now we're in the season of the NFL season. We're halfway through. I said I wanted that work head up. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for the honey. I'm doing it for that shit talking. And I don't hear from either one of you guys, CJ. Like, <laughs> Hold do, on. Do you want this work with me or not? No, it's because we ended up doing a daily, you know, DFS situation, which which was a little bit perplexing, and now we haven't exactly followed through on it, right, C? Right. It hasn't been the way we planned. However, let me just say this right now. You're going to come on my show talking crazy, all right? Let's just cut to if the you, If this is what Let's you want, if you want this weekend. life, weekend. we can do this. You want that business. Hey, I, I'm with I'm with it, man. You let me know what you want to do, how you want to do it. If you want to do point, if you want to do points, if however you want to do this, we can do this. Um, I have no problem. That's it. I have no it's problem. Done. You'll get the challenge. You'll get the challenge on Twitter. You'll get the challenge on Twitter, my friend. And like I said, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the honey. We could do it for the honey, and, I, and we could. You get in it too, Schultz. And we could put some opus. We could put some too. opus on this. I'm not tripping. It's, you name your price. I want in this too. I see the I see the net worth. You name your price, my friend. Whatever bottle you want. Exactly. Nah, nah, opus. Nah, 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 nah. Don't talk that net worth shit. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm, I'm saying I'm doing this for the shit talking. Book it. Which brings me to subject number two. You should have had me. With, you should have had me. I would have worked pro bono for you. When you did that KD interview, you should have had me bump in there. Well, my man is gigging and laughing, CJ. You, you can't go on. You got to start talking about KD's my guy. But you got to start snapping or something. He's, I didn't like that. And KD is my man, and I'm a Warriors fan. Okay? So I, I, get, I get where he's at, and I get what he's saying. But, like, I was like, CJ, you, 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 you didn't. 
Listen, that wasn't a time to be friendly. You're you're a nice, mild mannered guy, but you that's why you need to bring somebody like in in, in like me to talk that shit for you. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind next time, but no, that's the homie, man. So it's all good, man. We we have a lot of conversations online and offline that the world doesn't hear about. So I think it's it's funny to see that you know how they react to certain stories and, and how we talk to each other. Michael, we're just happy that you're doing our podcast. <laughs> well, we, I, I'm, we I'm are. happy. I, I listen to it, I'm a fan. Um, and, uh, you know, next time let's do it, you know, face to face. Um, maybe we do it, uh, you know, we do, uh, CJ hooks us up with some courtside seats to a, a, a trailblazers game. And then we do a proper podcast, you know, and we, we uh, we divvy out these, this fantasy football, uh, these bets. I'm with it, man. As long as, it, as long as it's not courtside in New York, because them, them tickets are expensive. I can't afford those. No, 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 no. I'm coming up to Portland, my friend. <laughs> I want to be on that wood, though. You want to touch the floor of the motor, man. You just let me know in advance, and, and it's a done deal. But looking at your acting career, I think that you have an undercover success, like 60 films since the 90s. And my one of my favorite films ever, Prison Break. What was it like filming Prison Break? I know it was a long time ago. And did you think that the success would come from that show? As you're recording it, do you think that it, like, as you're doing, do you think that this is going to be a dope show that everyone's going to love? Like, did you think that uh, throughout the process of recording Prison Break? I'll be honest with you, CJ. I learned about this uh, uh, from, from, you know, from being around, you know, NBA players. You guys use this term a lot, a culture of winning, a culture of losing. And, and it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that um, the players don't want to win or even that the coaches don't want to win. It could be just the environment. It could be, it could be, you know, the GMs, it could be, you know, the arena, it could be, you know, the PR people, there's, you know, people leaking. It's just a culture of losing. That show did not have a culture of winning by the time I got there. Like I, I did the fourth season of the show and, and they were so sort of, hyped up on themselves and they knew that it was the last season of the show that while I was there, I would consider it to use a sports term, a culture of losing. So I know people love the show, but it wasn't, it wasn't the most fun project to work on. What was your most fun project to work on? Shit. It's, it's hard to pick one. I, I worked on a bunch. Um, it's hard to pick one. I, I worked on a um, tons, you know, higher learning was dope. The show that I have on eight, um, Netflix right now, Atypical, is, is a lot of fun. It's really good. Um, you know, and I've done some bad films that were a lot of fun to work on. Um, you know, so it's, it's you know, it, it, it just varies. You know, you never, you never really know because just like in your, your, your business, there's a lot of uh, politics and things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, could affect, you know, sway things either to be good or, or, or not. Absolutely. Michael, is it the producer, the director? I guess really it's... Who you're working with too, right? The other actors on set. It's just the whole thing. It's 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 you know. In that particular show, it was it was it was a little bit of everything. It was it was some of the actors. It was some of the. It was just the whole thing. It was just kind of like I don't give a fuck anymore. You know, I don't care. You know, it's coming to an end. You know, it's just and it could just. It's a handful of people. It's it's not just one person. Just to follow, would you? Would you rather work on a show that achieves or a movie that achieves moderate success and is really fun with good people or a monster hit that was not fun to come to work every day? At this point in my life, I'd rather do monster hit and because and, and, I could deal with it and I could process it more. When I was younger, I didn't understand that. So now I could kind of just 
be more workmanlike. But when I was younger, I would get too emotionally involved and, and it would bother me more. But now I could, you know, I could ebb and flow through it all easier. That makes sense. Look, looking at your history, growing up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, uh, since you grew up near 70th in York, like you're New York born and bred. How has the city and sports changed from, you know, your, your early childhood to now? It's a good question, man. Obviously the Giants aren't very good. But besides that, how has the culture, every, everything changed since then? You know, it, 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 the, uh, I mean, the sports are the same. You know, you win, you have your teams and all that stuff. But, but the Manhattan itself has lost a lot of its flavor. You know, the boroughs still have it. But Manhattan is like, you got to be playing in the NBA and at an all-star level to really live in, in Manhattan. You, 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 and even if you're at an all-star level, you need to be like a two- or three-year all-star. Like, it's so fucking expensive, and it's really for the elites to live in Manhattan. And, and before, it used to be, you know, there's still pockets, but, you know, I'm from Manhattan, and Manhattan is like, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's very, it's expensive. And, and, and because it's so expensive, it changes the kind of people that are around and all that stuff. Like, the Bronx is still the Bronx. And, and Brooklyn is, you know, for the most part, is still Brooklyn, same with Queens. But Manhattan itself, uh, uh, the greatest uh, city, world, the world's most famous city with the world's most famous arena, I don't care what the hell you say, um, you know, has, has definitely changed. That's interesting. I always like to see people's opinions and takes on the city. And I haven't spent some time there these past few summers. I would agree with you. It is very expensive for starters and it's far away. It's disconnected. I think. Yeah. Shit. And you're, you're a multi, you're a multi all-star. <laughs> I haven't made an all-star game yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. Wait, you haven't been, that's why you keep getting jerked and you and you and Dane keep getting jerked in the all-star. That's bullshit, man. You guys are ridiculous, man. You guys are so fucking good. The two of you, you're a nasty motherfucker, CJ. <laughs> I love the way you play, man. I've always loved your, your game. You're a nasty motherfucker. I appreciate that, man. I I do. I appreciate that a lot, man. And I'm a fan of yours, man. Looking at your history of some of the people you, you've been around in the hip-hop game, understanding that your love for hip-hop and rap in general. How well did you know Tupac? You know, I met him a few times in passing. Um, and, you know, spent some short, short times around him. Um, and he was always... Uh, you know, he had a light on him. You know, it sounds cliche when someone passed, but you just knew he was special. You knew he was um, uh, unique. You know, he just has that charisma. You know, it's it's like, you know, the thing about him, you know, he wasn't like the best rapper, but I think, you know, compared to like Allen Iverson, like Iverson wasn't the best at necessarily anything. Like he wasn't the best, you know, he had a crazy, you know, uh, shot the way it came off, you know, he kind of, you know, had his elbow out, you know, he was a reluctant passer. Obviously, you know, he might've, you know, he has definitely one of the best handles, but the thing that he was the best at was giving his, his heart and soul every single night after night, after fall, after night, like, like he had the biggest heart. He was the best at playing hard amongst other things, but that's the thing he, he might be the very best at. And Tupac, he had that same thing. Like he wasn't the best rapper, but like he was the person that you felt the most, you know what I'm saying? And, and that translated to the way he was in real life. Like there was just a thing about him. 
you know, and uh, he just had this, this special thing, you know, like the word is charisma, you know, but that's like a simplified word that when somebody just has this, this, this stuff, you know, is there somebody else now, Michael, that you think has that? It doesn't have to be a rapper, maybe an entertainer. Who do you point to people you've been around that have that similar electricity? DiCaprio has it. Um, I, at the time I met Steph Curry, you know, the, the times I met him, he, he seems to have like this thing, you know, it's just, it's just this thing, you know, um, obviously his play is enough, but there's just sort of a lightness about him. Um, who else would I, that I've said that I've met that are like, has like a special quality, um, Q-tip, you know, we, he had that kind of like thing, yeah. you know, people just yeah. gravitate towards him. You know, it's just a thing, you know, it's like, it's, it's hard to put into words. You know, it's like Miles Davis wasn't the best, you know, trumpeter, but he pro- definitely the most charismatic, you know, and, 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 and there was just a thing about him, you know, his name and the way he looked, this whole thing, you know, it, it's, it, 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 it's just a thing that separates you. When you look at Odell, you're a Giants fan, right, Mike? He has it too. Yeah. But, but he's fucking it up because he hasn't learned to get in control of it. Right. So there's, there's got to be... As someone as talented as that, there's got to be some ability to harness it and control it. Something you got to get, you have to, you have, like, I think that you have to appreciate that, you know, you're, you're special and realize that people are looking towards you and looking at you. And, and, and he clearly just doesn't get it yet. Right. He doesn't get it yet. All the pouting and all that. Everybody wants to win. Everybody cares by you punching, you know, radiators and kicking things. And that doesn't show us that you care any more than your defensive tackle that we don't know the name of you don't need to put on a show to show us how much you care just fucking get out there and do it and when you make a mistake you know you don't see everybody throwing a shit fit around you either you know so it's it it, it, it that's the thing with him he's in slippery slope in new york because new yorkers yeah, will flip on you. that's true yeah what what do you think cj when you cj when you see odell and some of the antics, what what comes to mind? I just think he's passionate, man. I think, like you guys said before, I think he turned 26 today or yesterday. He's very passionate about his sport. He loves the game. You, you can tell he, he he puts his heart and soul into this game based on his preparation, recovering from the, the injuries he's had, how fast he is, his hands. And he lives a, he lives a lifestyle of a mid-20s guy. He enjoys life. He travels. He goes on vacations. People like him. He's a really nice person. But being in New York, you got a lot of spotlight on you. You got a lot of pressure. Uh, I think ever since ever since they went on that that boat trip in Miami a few years ago, there's been like a negative stain on on that Giants team. Obviously, they didn't play well uh, heading into that playoffs, and I think yeah, they lost to the Packers. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about this whole situation is that social media kind of amplifies yeah, everything. Yeah, If there's no social media, we don't even hear about this trip. Yeah, I agree. Tom Brady even. Said he was if 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 social media was out, you know, while I was in my in my twenties, he's basically taking PJs across the country, you know, doing doing some of the same stuff, probably to a higher magnitude, you know, being married to a uh, Victoria's Secret, you know, legend. I'm sure I'm sure his stories are unbelievable that that will never come out uh, to the public eye. But I think mm. that just based on where we're at now as society, everything is is blown out of proportion. If they seen some of the stuff that Jordan was doing, you know. Golfing, the day of the games. Uh, I think that oh, the, the MJ stuff. It, it, is it, legendary. It, it, there's there's stories about a lot of NBA players that 
there's no social media. Like even Kobe talked about how they mooned the fans on the bus. They all mooned them. Right. That's funny. From the bus after a game. Like stuff like that happens now. It's a huge story. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's true. global. It's a global story right right away. So I think in this day and age, you just gotta be careful with how you act. And it's hard because everything is is instant with social media. All right, well, listen, you guys. Basically, I'd love to have him on my, on my Browns team. Exactly. He could be on my exactly. Browns team anytime. Him and Juice. Yeah, you guys need all the help you could get. Hey, they don't need as much help as the Giants. Mm. But I ain't going to hold you up too much longer, man. We, we appreciate you coming on, man. I, I'm definitely going to have to come on your podcast, too, and, and we'll have to do uh, in person, sit down, drink some wine, chop it up. Uh, I'll have Katie pull up when he's in New York, too. We can make it a big party. I'm ready to do it. I appreciate it, you guys. We have more pull up in a second, but first, I want to discuss Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive. Robinhood features clear design with the data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Place a trade in just four tabs on your smartphone. Also. There are no commission fees. Other brokerages can charge up to $10 for every trade. But with Robinhood, you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track your favorite companies with a personalized news feed and receive custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right movement to invest. Now for the best part. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at pullup.robinhood.com. That's pullup.robinhood.com. Once again, want to thank Michael Rappaport for coming on the Pull Up Pod. As always, big, big time New York fan. Over 60 shows since the 90s. As he said before, one of my personal favorites is Prison Break, but obviously a lot more great content out there. He currently has a show on Netflix if you guys want to check that out. And girls, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, radio.com, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to pull up. Pull up. <laughs>